Hello, new listener. Thank you for trying out the Rock Fight, an outdoor podcast at Aim for the Head. Right now, or while you're listening, if you could please follow the show wherever you are hearing this and leave us a five-star rating, that would really help us out. Thanks again, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Rock Fight, where we speak our truth, slay sacred cows, and sometimes agree to disagree. I'm Colin True, and today we're making predictions because last week on this podcast, I talked about the newly announced Outside Festival, and today we're going to try to answer the question, will that event even happen? But first, it's Unnew November over at GearTrade.com. Head over there right now, shop for the best secondhand gear and apparel to power your next adventure, and enter November 20 at checkout for an extra 20% off. Select Gear Trade items. Hey, then click the Sell Your Gear tab to learn how to make money off of your unwanted outdoor stuff. GearTrade.com is the place to be. All right, let's start the show. So we've already talked about the newly announced Outside Festival twice here on The Rock Fight, once on a solo pod last week, and then once with Justin Hausman this past weekend. I'll link both of those episodes in the show notes in case you missed them. But I had a chance to chat with Kyle Frost, who is an independent journalist with a background in tech, and he writes a weekly column about outdoor industry topics and covered the announcement of this festival a few weeks back. Kyle has also extensively covered Outside.io, which was Outside's failed foray into the NFT world, and he is one of the most unique and talented voices going in outdoor media today. You should definitely read and subscribe to his newsletter, which you can find at hereandthere.club. Speaking with Kyle, I knew there was more to cover on this topic, so he agreed to come on the show and dig a little deeper into the story behind the Outside Festival, what we should expect from the event, and we end by making our predictions if the Outside Festival even happens. So let's get into it. Here's my conversation about the Outside Festival with journalist Kyle Frost. All right, we're here today with independent journalist and digital product designer Kyle Frost. Kyle, thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, happy to be here. How's it going? In, uh, I heard you got some snow in the front range this week. I heard it was a little chilly. We, we did get a little bit. Uh, mountains got quite a bit, but as always, it's, it's essentially melted in Boulder, you know, 48 hours later. So <laughs> I, this is the, I was talking to someone in New York the other day and it was snowing and I'm like, this is just that October storm where you get all excited and then it doesn't snow again until like December 27th or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. The, the first winter or, you know, fake fall or whatever you want to call it, but I, I'm ready. I'm ready for it to be actual winter and make the full transition. All right. Well, we'll pray for snow, but anyway, so I've touched on the Outside Festival a couple times in the last uh, past week or so, and definitely been referencing your article on hereandthere.club. That's correct, right? That's your site, hereandthere.club. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of want to start, you know, how did you first learn about the Outside Festival? Like, what's And what's the backstory of the festival itself? Yeah, I mean, I think I saw the website pop up on either Twitter or LinkedIn initially. Uh, someone at Outside may have posted it. Uh, maybe it was a press release. Uh, and then I was able to watch their uh, pseudo announcement slash pitch call uh, mm. that was basically uh, their outsides pitch to brands and, and partners uh, to try and sell the idea of the festival. I, I don't have a ton of backstory. Like what I can glean from the people I've talked to so far is that, you know, they're really looking to start a South by Southwest style. That's the, their words, uh, style events that kind of centers them as a thought leadership linchpin in, in the industry. Uh, kind of taking over, you know, what our maybe OR maybe used to be. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously South by Southwest been around for I don't know thirty years. It's been a long time now. Um, but 
has grown into, you know, thought leadership and tech and music and culture, this, this huge melting pot mixing of, of all these different things. And, you know, it seems like they want to do similar things for the outdoor industry, where that's gear and films and consumers and media and, you know, athletes and all, all of that kind of stuff. Um, mm. You know, they have the backing of the state, uh, the Colorado Department of Outdoor Recreation uh, is involved, uh, as is the city of Denver. Uh, so that's, you know, always a positive when, when planning something. But, uh, you know, as of yet, the actual details are a little bit scarce. A little fuzzy. Um, a little fuzzy. Um, more of a uh, back of napkin might be a little harsh, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely more of a this is what the event could be potentially uh, than this is exactly what we're going to put on in the first week of June. I wonder, I definitely wonder, especially you mentioned the, uh, the support of the governor's office. I, I don't think that was probably a hard sell after losing outdoor retailer. That was probably an easy knee jerk. Like, Oh, you're going to bring the outdoors thing back. Great. Good. We, we know our brand. We know the outdoors is the brand of Colorado. So the more we can have stuff like this, the better it's a merging of a consumer event and a trade event. They're building in the big gear show, which has been attempting to be an outdoor retailer alternative over the last couple of years. And so it's trying to be all things to all people, kind of recreate that gathering of the tribe element. You know, I, again, without just kind of bagging on it the entire time, what do you, was there something that you like, what do you like about what they're trying to do with the festival? I mean, at its core, like it, it's hard to like root against it. Like the, the idea of, you know, bringing something that, you know, brings people together around the outdoors um, you know, they, they talked a lot about access at, at all levels. Um, there's, it's going to be a paid event, um, at some level, but they talked a lot you about, you can't just stroll. You don't think like you're in Boulder. You can't just like, oh, I'm just going to go check this out. You will have to pay to get in. Yeah. I mean, it, again, it's hard, like low on details, but right. you know, there's definitely going to be free things and there's definitely going to be paid things. Um, like film, I think they mentioned films and the music and, and potentially like any kind of talks and stuff like that might be part of a, you know, a festival pass. Um, but they do want to make sure that, you know, it's accessible for all, all types of people. And they talked about scholarships and that kind of thing. And, and yeah, like, Events, getting people outside, inspiring people to try new things and, and that kind of stuff, you know, yeah. you, you can't really, can't really root against it, but uh, it's going to be challenging. Like, you know, it's the, this is the same weekend at, or the weekend before uh, Go, GoPro Games, uh, which is a very similar uh, kind of makeup of people, but GoPro Games has a lot of stuff going for it that this does not, like, the outside festival is unproven. It's not planned yet. GoPro Games is in Vail. People make plans to go to it every year. It's in the mountains. There's a ton of actual outdoor activities to do. There's a ton of brands that are already involved, like heavily involved, like a ton of traction, you know. And so are people going to go to something in downtown Denver the, the week before and potentially pay to do so uh, if... They're already planning to go to GoPro games the next weekend. Yeah, you mentioned the GoPro games, and I was talking to Justin Hausman, who comes on once a week about this, about it's sort of a gap that it's kind of like left by the decline of outdoor retail that needs to be filled. And to your, I think I said to Justin was like, well, are you really going to 
I don't know. I just kind of think of the, the, the audience they're trying to attract, especially with the GoPro rate games happening just up the street a week later, where that is like truly outdoor events happening in an outdoor setting. I don't know how healthy the GoPro games is, but it's been around for a long time. Versus like, do you want to come to downtown Denver on a, in the middle of, in the beginning of the summer where it's probably going to be hot? Maybe there's a band you like. And oh, look, we set up a climbing wall and have a couple of other things that's like out, outdoor Z, not doing outdoor stuff. So I think that's going to be a tough sell. But I do want to come back to the the gap, right? Because the decline of outdoor retailer, that's the thing you always hear is like, oh, we need this community thing. Like Big Gear has tried, hasn't gone very well. Um, GoPro games and Sea Otter continue to happen and that and, and grow. But are you optimistic that a festival like this could, can even be successful? I mean, I think the challenge is trying to, like a lot of these other things grew organically, right? In, including outdoor retailer. Uh, outdoor, yeah, t- totally. I mean, Outdoor retailer for a long time was just like pretty much a pure B2B situation. Yeah, it was and like 10 I by think, 10s. You know, it was like people yeah. just sitting at benches and stuff and writing purchase orders. Yeah, and that, that grew and grew. And then, you know, eventually like people started to maybe come if they didn't have anything specific to do, like, you know, to do at the event. They were just there to see people. You kind of got the the photography filmmaker uh, kind of industry, the media that, that started showing up because all their all their friends were there yeah. and you know sea otter didn't start as kind of the cultural you know event it is now you could probably say the same for utmb um although obviously that's got issues right now but um hey all pr is good pr right <laughs> yeah <laughs> like but i think the key thing about those is that they that happened organically it wasn't forced into like hey this is going to be south by southwest for the outdoors uh, right and you know, to be fair to outside, they acknowledged that, you know, that's their idea, but it's probably a five to 10 year plan. Uh, but I mean, that, that events are hard to run and it, it's just a pretty tough sell. Like, I, I don't know if, I'm not sure if we need it, to be honest. You know, there are these other options. Like if you're a filmmaker, yeah, go to Banff, go to Mountain Film, go to Five Point. Uh, you know, whatever one makes sense for you. You know, if you're a, a runner, go to UTMB, go to Hard Rock, go to Leadville, um, you know, Western States. Like these are kind of the big, you know, Javelina just happens, which is a huge, yeah, sure. a huge one. Um, you know, same for biking, same for, you know, climbing and, and that kind of stuff. The idea that you can kind of be all things to all people and be that centering force. I, I'm not sure if... It, Arrogant is the right word, but I'm also not sure if anyone wants outside to be that unifying company. <laughs> well, I guess this is a good segue into outside, right? Because they've been, definitely been on a tear in recent years, like the, between the acquisition of all these media entities, the dipping into toes in the NFT world. I know you've written about that. You know, they, This past summer, I gave them a lot of grief for the development of an AI chatbot. And for all of these things, I think the common thread, including the outside festival, and this is why I wanted to transition to it right at this point we're talking about, is it's like everything's a half-baked idea. Like everything's just like, it's like it's like a pitch in the room. Oh man, we should have a festival. Hey, we should have a chatbot. Hey, this NFT thing's blowing up. And before you can blink, they're bringing it to market before anybody stopped to think, hey, this is a good idea. Should we do this? So I mean, do you have any insight about what's happening at outside in general? Like, like you said, like I, I've also written about this quite a bit. It's kind of hard to avoid it if you're writing about the outdoor industry in any sort of detail because mm-hmm. they are so much of the industry at this point. 
Um, and I think they're in a really tough position. Like they've raised a couple hundred million dollars, uh, which is honestly insane for uh, what is essentially a media company. Uh, obviously, uh, they very bought... niche topics too, right? Yeah, um, this is the know... New York Times. <laughs> yeah, this is the New York Times. You know, but I mean, like the media landscape is not great right now. You know, BuzzFeed was at one point worth I don't know more than a billion dollars, and I think their latest valuation was uh, ninety or something like that. Like they're That's they're crazy. at risk of being de- delisted from I don't know if they're Nasdaq or New York, whichever stock exchange. I don't remember. But, you know, things aren't great for media into like, and I have no idea what the multiple was of that investment. I, I don't know what their balance sheet looks like. It probably looks better than it did a couple of years ago because they've fired a ton of people. Um, but it, it certainly feels like they're searching for something to differentiate them as more than a media company. Uh, because it's going to be tough to make up that valuation writing listicles or, you know, the five best coolers that you need to buy. Well, I'll say even their acquisitions are kind of head-scratching, right? Because, okay, if you take it from the beginning, you raise all this money, you're outside, you are like the creme de la creme of, of outdoor media. And it's like, all right, let's create the outdoor media empire. And we're not going to do it ourselves. Let's let's let, okay, we got to get, we get backpacker, we get, Bicycle. You, you pick each sport and you add like the top tier of publication right to each one. Got it. Yeah. But I mean, they're like, and it's almost like I understand why they acquired Pink Bike, but I don't really know what they're going to do with Pink Bike. And then they they acquire things like Fastest Known Time, which is like, it's a very relevant site, but it's also, it's kind of like one dimension. It's one thing. Like, what are you going to do with Fastest Known Time? The best yeah. thing obviously they've acquired has probably been Gaia. I've had more people say the only reason they have an outside plus subscription is because they like using Gaia. But then oh, also, it's, yeah. it's difficult to navigate and use, right? I mean, because going through outside to even get into your Gaia account, it made it even harder to use the product that everyone seems to like. Yeah, and, and fr- frankly, I think Gaia's, I mean, personally, I think it's probably the most valuable thing in their whole portfolio. You know, it, yeah. it's one of the big two or three activity tracking apps, at least in the outdoor space. Strava aside is kind of a more generalist. Um, but... You know, it, it's probably fairly cost effective to run um, because it's something people are willing to pay for. You know, you're paying engineers and that kind of stuff, but you don't need to have a huge team of writers like researching and creating content all the time. Uh, and, you know, I, th- I think like what you mentioned about, you know, creating this big umbrella speaks a little bit to some of the execution issues that they've had because... Yeah, you created this big umbrella and you pitched this idea of like, you know, the kind of Netflix or Amazon Prime for the outdoors and and yada yada. But their execution has been so poor, you know, people still can't log in to different outside properties, you know, two years later with their outside plus login or whatever. Like, I mean, I get logged out. I, I have it because I was a guy GPS member, but I'll click on an outside article and it'll tell me I'm not logged in or I don't have access or I'll have to go from backpacker to outside or from outside to Gaia to like manage my account. And there's, for, for, for me coming from a tech background, like those kinds of things uh, just speak to like a, a lack of attention of detail and like fully thinking things through 
that makes me concerned about events like the festival, you know, the... <laughs> so maybe the next one was the, the fire festival. It's really like, you're going to show up. It's going to be like three tents and like half a climbing wall and like a dude with a guitar. Like, Hey, it's the outside. I mean, festival. it makes you, ask, it makes you ask <laughs> questions, right? Like you mentioned the site before and like, sure. Like the site, not that it's early, the site, not that big of a deal, but you know, when like footer links don't work, when, you know, there's, random pictures of people in like spandex climbing a, cl a climbing wall like and you're just like okay did someone throw this together like yesterday uh <laughs> because they were trying to hit a deadline or was there like a plan and thought and someone that looked at it and said uh guys like this stuff's broken we can't launch this today <laughs> right and and but the same for like the nft stuff to be honest like you know Obviously, there's a whole conversation about NFTs and, and, and Web3 in general, if you think that's a good idea, period. When I wrote an initial article about it, I, I tried to be reasonably middle of the line and say, like, hey, like, you don't have to like NFTs. You don't have to like Web3. Like, you know, maybe there's a kind of an interesting idea here. But the reality was that the execution was so terrible that it, it never had any chance of success. Like, there were other projects doing similar things which outside basically which my assumption is outside saw and just copied like saw dollar signs and tried to copy they did it so poorly and without understanding the industry and without understanding how like their audience might respond yeah uh, that it really had nev never had any chance of success will they ever be held accountable to this money they raise or these missed some of these missteps because the other thing too is like the, if you go to outside.io, it looks it's like a ghost town that was abandoned in what November 2022, something like that. The yeah. snooze is another one. Snooze may be the most for someone who had a career in the outdoor industry. Maybe that's the thing I should be the most fired up about because snooze was like that was an icon, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, Michael and Teresa and like it's just always really fun little tidbits. And here's what's actually happening in the industry. Well, they acquire that, turn it into Outdoor Biz Journal. I think same thing. There may be a couple of articles published on that by like Kristen uh, Hustetter like this year, but not what it was. Right. And they're just kind of let these things, they're like, well, that, yeah, that didn't work out. Let's let that die, I guess, on the vine. Well, we won't take the site down or make any announcements about it, but, you know, we'll just let it sit there. And I think, unfortunately, it says a lot about how at least the leadership is kind of treating their various communities. Um, like w when they shut down the NFT thing, they, they basically just like went, like turned it off that, hey, this is over. And like, just like- Nobody, nobody say anything. Left no people notice. in the wind. Like, <laughs> and whether you thought it was a good idea or not, like a couple, I don't know, a couple hundred people bought these things with the expectation yeah. that there was going to be like, you know, deals and events and like special things for that. Like there was a whole technological glitch where you were supposed to buy this NFT and also get like free three years of outside. A lot of people never did. And instead of like, you know, hey, hey, this didn't work out. Uh, we're ending it. Let's make you guys whole. Let's make you guys whole. Let's like keep you guys informed. And they just stopped communicating. And you know, I, I've worked in startups for a long time and like, yeah, you're going to launch features that don't work. You're going to try stuff that don't work. Companies are going to shut down. People are going to get fired. But the way in which you go about that says a lot about 
your your process, the way in which you think about your communities and that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, over the last several years, the kind of prevailing way in which they've treated these various communities has been pretty bad. Like, yeah. you know, the pink bike guy, like there's people are starting independent publications because outside is essentially torched everything that they bought. Like I said earlier, you know, there's a question of whether anyone in the industry wants outside to be the center of the industry. <laughs> I don't think it seems to be that no one does, but I guess it's kind of one of the last things I want to talk to you about is, I mean, does it, is there an impact even on the outside brand? I mean, we insiders, like I talked to you, I talked to some PR folks this week and everyone kind of has the same thing to say. I talked to people who are at, at, you know, print magazines and things like that. And they'll, they'll say similar things. However, they'll also tell you that it's still like the number one go-to place, the most desirable place to get coverage from, like whether whether that's gear or a story pitched or whatever. So, I mean, we could talk about their demise, but they kind of do seem to chug along, even though they're making these sort of really confounding missteps and frankly, seemingly costly missteps. But then, I mean, do you think it'll catch up to them or is this kind of this, is this just the outdoors? Is this the way it is? Like, well, it's outside. It's fine. I mean, it, it's... It's hard to say, I think. Um, obviously, I don't have any insight into what, like I said, what their balance sheet looks like. I mean, right. they, they, may, they may be profitable. They may be chugging along. I don't know how much of that money they've raised is still in the bank. There, there is an issue of, you know, yes, outside is a behemoth still and will be for the foreseeable future. You know, there's, we're talking, you know, tens and millions of page views a month. They own three quarters of the media in the outdoor space at this point, basically. Uh, and so, yeah, if, if you're a brand trying to get eyeballs and get coverage, uh, then th- th- yeah, that's it, it, one of the places you kind of have to go at this point. Sure. Um, but like you said, more and more people are in the boat of a like a reluctant necessity than... I, I actually want to be here. Right. And I'm sure you've talked to, to similar people where they're all kind of lamenting that even those eyeballs are getting less valuable over time. And the magazine coverage is just getting like a, a little out of whack and gears getting, getting more generic or it doesn't feel quite as targeted. And, and they're looking for different avenues to, to reach people, whether that ends up hitting outside uh, outside's bottom line at some point i don't know yeah. whether we're just talking with our head in the clouds and the average outdoor consumer doesn't care and is happy to read five best cooler 10 best hikes you know 20 best insulated cups or why you should buy this 40 dollar <laughs> mug from yeti like kill me well all right let's wrap it up with uh let's make a prediction as we sit here today we're recording this on november 1st do you think sitting in here in November, does this even happen? I think you're betting money on it. You have to bet your you have to oh, bet your God. house on I... it. <laughs> I I will bet that it happens. I will also bet that it is not very well attended and ultimately not a great success for any brands involved i think it'll happen my prediction is i'm with you i think it'll happen mostly because of the inclusion of big gear 
Mm-hmm. And I, I know Kenji, and I've, I've had conversations with Yoon. I don't know Yoon very well. Um, I know who's involved with Kenji. He does the, the Outdoor Media Summit. That group, they've been very passionate about Big Gear. You can nitpick it you all you want, and they really want to make it happen. So I don't think they'd hitch their wagon to something if, the, if there was a chance that their show wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Now, whether it's the South by Southwest of the outdoors <laughs> or it's the big gear show and friends, you know, and it's like they become the focal point with now a couple of little things because they they couldn't pull the other thing together. But I, I think something will happen in Denver next June. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think a lot of it will hinge on what the music is, especially being downtown Denver. Like, if you can, if they pull in a big music act, you, you might get more people to show up. Uh, unclear I, uh, if they'll show up for just the music, and any brands involved kind of get some, you know, edge edge action. Well, there we go. We predicted it's going to happen. We'll see. We'll reconvene either way and see. We'll have to see how this all pans out. I really appreciate you coming on. I, I imagine uh, pe- people can track the story and out as it develops uh, on your website. Oh yeah, uh, here here and there dot club. Uh, I write a weekly ish newsletter that dives into things like this, kind of the deeper dives into what's going on in the outdoor industry, uh, whether it be industry related or travel or or things like that. So. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. We'll keep uh, we'll keep track of this. We'll have you back on soon. Sweet, awesome. Big thanks to my guest Kyle Frost for joining me. Hey, what are your thoughts on the Outside Festival or the state of outdoor events in general? Send them to me so we can read them on the show. The email address you send your email to is myrockfight at gmail.com. Please follow or subscribe and give us a five-star rating wherever you're listening to The Rock Fight. I can't emphasize enough how much these ratings and positive comments help the show, so thank you so much. We'll be back soon with more outdoor ideas that aim for the head. The Rock Fight is a production of Rock Fight LLC. I'm Colin True. Thanks for listening and here to take us out. As always, is our favorite punk rock tour guide, Chris DeMakes, with The Rock Fight Fight Song. We'll see you next time, Rock Fighters. Rock Fight!